Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, <laughs> Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. apologize if I mentioned too many podcasting applications, but it's like, what the heck, why not? Maybe if you prefer one more than the other, you can use that one as well. Well, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be an interesting run for the Minnesota Vikings coming up now as we have a new general manager. We have head coaching, uh, second interviews coming up. I uh, had to wait till today to do the show, so I apologize if uh, there wasn't a release about the general manager at the time. Just too much going on. I had other podcasts that were already like, you know, that needed to get done that day, Friday. And uh, Thursday, of course, Saturday, it's just, it's just not a podcasting day. And Sunday, of course, had to wait for the, uh, the games to get done. And all that, and uh, well, it's the Cleveland Rams versus the Cincinnati uh, Bengals. Cleveland Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl, but we'll get back to that later. And I'm just playing around with the Cleveland Rams, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit too coming up. It's kind of crazy, unless I just blank and don't want to get to it. But the Minnesota Vikings have a new general manager. It is Cam. It is Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. That is your new general manager. Again, he was the VP of operations when it came to the Cleveland Browns, the uh, obviously the, the player side and everything, the vice president of operations and the, from the player side, just like Rick Spielman used to be with the Vikings before he became the general manager. And Cam is confirmed to be 40 years old. It was going to be 32, he's 32, he's 36, he's 40, he's 40, he's 32, he's 40, he's 32, he's 40, he's 40. Okay, so we can move forward with that. He does sound like a very genuine person. Um, he recognizes everyone who made a difference in his life and guided his way. Sounds like a really great person in the uh, press conference at the very least. Uh, he apparently blew away the Wilfs, like I was talking about. I guess, yeah, maybe he will blow the Wilfs away. And I figured, <laughs> had a feeling he would have to, and he did get the job. Like, I, I just had a feeling, I had a weird feeling like something was going to happen that way, even though I was like, right, it's going to be Ryan Poles, and I was preferring Ryan Poles just because, heck, an offensive lineman, Coach, uh, offensive lineman, and general manager of the Vikings. It doesn't get better than that, does it? Think about it. But apparently, um, Cam was more willing to keep the current scouts in the organization versus Ryan Poles, who is now the Chicago general manager. Ryan Poles is now the Chicago general manager. As to what really took place with all that, uh, yeah, but it sounds like there were little bits and pieces like that uh, that the Vikings actually lowballed Ryan Poles at the first at the beginning, the first offer, so to speak. And then, of course, he went to interview in Chicago, and I just I just had a sinking feeling when he went to Chicago. Like, somehow, some way, he was not going to leave Chicago without becoming the general manager, and I just kind of knew it. So Ryan Poles is your Chicago Bears general manager, so he will be in the NFC North with uh, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, pardon me. And uh, those are your GMs in Chicago and Minnesota. Um Kwesi, uh, apparently, yeah, this is all during the press conference, just notes taken during the press conference. He wants to listen to all views before making a final decision to cover all the blind spots. When it comes to drafting players, uh, free agency, trades, this and that. Uh, so he sounds like a very thorough person. That's always very good. He, he really did cover the bases, which is impressive. Uh, and he, he wants a coach that he would work with, not work for. Uh, he, he would work with, not for. Uh, his coach, that, that's what kind of coach he's going to find, basically. He will work with, not for. Or, excuse me, he will work for. <laughs> not, he would work with and he would work for. 
and it, it's a bit for it's a bit both of those pardon me so that sounds cool he would actually work for the coach in a lot of ways uh, it sounds like Jim Harbaugh right no I'm kidding <laughs> so those are kind of notes taken during the uh, the press conference just you know little headlines bits and pieces points of interest this and that but sounds good sounds like a good good person lots of energy without being too hyper uh, he's confident without being arrogant he's actually quite humble and he's actually mentioned that he mentioned that multiple times during the press conference uh apparently he's of Ghanaian descent which is uh you know which is where like a, a good friend of mine from work who went to a new job uh w- William uh great guy uh from from Ghana he actually is from Ghana and he's a really good leader a good personality and people really gravitated his direction and well so th- this guy kind of reminds me of him a bit even though obviously He's American-born from New Jersey. Funny, the Wolves are from New Jersey. I believe Ryan Poles is as well, so it's kind of, you know, I think so. Uh, he's from that, that area, New York area, so it kind of figures they're all kind of East Coastians, but that's totally fine. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, but, again, nice, solid, nice, solid career for Cam leading up to this. He's just continued to move up, and Ryan Poles continued to survive any type of uh, blow-ups in the, with the Chiefs organization over the years, and they, they did a damn good job putting players together. So Chicago, there, there's a chance. There's a chance Chicago could be pretty interesting up and coming. He already has a quarterback of the future, does Ryan Poles. We'll see if he's willing to stick with uh, Justin Fields. He's going to he's gonna for now, but will he end up being his guy long term? We'll see. Whereas Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, uh, well, he's got Kirk Cousins with a salary cap crunch situation you know, looming. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. He's, 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 he's got work to do, so to speak. A team that finished 8-9, chasing that 500 mark. Hey, we want to at least be 500. You know, we don't want to be a train wreck. You know, Sometimes it's okay to have a train wreck season, you know, versus a train wreck, like, you know, decade or three, like the Cincinnati Bengals and the uh, Detroit Lions. Cincinnati Bengals, train wreck, 30 years. Yeah, exactly. Of course, they did win, they did win regular season games, but never won in the playoffs since 91. Funny how that changed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> just getting to the conference final was extremely impressive. We'll leave it at that for the moment, for the next segment anyway. But I'm happy with the hire. I'm not disappointed. I would have liked Ryan Poles, but I think I'm going to like this guy too. And maybe he's going to end up being better. Uh, I'm. It's all just kind of a wait and see type of thing. It's not like I have a ton of things to say other than Yes, he's analytical, and uh, of course, analytics scare me sometimes because you look at what the Minnesota Twins did the last two years with uh, Felvine, as they call him, Felvi and Levine. Yeah, it's not been good. Thal- Thad Levine, Derek Felvi, it's been crappy. They had a really good uh, 2019 season that went up in smoke against the uh, New York Yankees and blah, blah, blah. And then last year it was a train wreck because they have no pitching, no pitching, and supposedly that was their specialty. Um, Ryan Poles would have probably specialized in an offensive line. I got to think. Questy, uh, I'm you know, <laughs> we'll we'll see. Just kind of general, thorough thought process. And that's what I can tell from him. He's very thorough. He he wants to cover all the blind spots, which I think is a good good thing to say. Obviously, again, it's a press conference. We don't know. Uh, Childress did not win the press conference, from what a lot of us remember. And he didn't win any. You know, he didn't win a lot of people in general, other than his offense was a match for Brett Favre which was nice. That was a nice uh, <laughs> set of affairs there. Um, we appreciate that. So to look at the, the coaching candidates and this and that, and coaching candidates that have been eliminated because they found different jobs, Nathaniel Hackett will be coach of the Denver Broncos.
anyone connecting dots here? Do you get it? Do you get what's happening? Do you, do you get it? Yeah, um, yeah. I, there's a pretty good chance Aaron Rodgers is going for the uh, going to Denver, or at least this is definitely a <laughs> the ultimate way to pitch for it to happen. Nathaniel Hackett's his head coach now if he goes to Denver. So, and that was basically like his, his in a lot of ways like his best friend in the coaching staff with the Green Bay Packers. Him and Lafleur Lafleur worked together just fine. It's just and Lafleur obviously he did not cover all the blind spots because they sucked in special teams, and that's a huge reason why the 49ers won. Special teams didn't help the 49ers a whole lot yesterday, unfortunately. Yeah, the, the the defense did, and then ultimately didn't at the very end. But, um, well, that's that's how that goes. We may have a coaching candidate on the San Francisco sideline and the Los Angeles Rams sideline in the NFC Championship game. Very strong coaching candidates. We'll talk about that very shortly. Very strong possibilities, anyway. And, of course, a guy who happens to be the coach of the Michigan Wolverines. His name has been floating around out there and lurking, and it's really interesting. But how serious should we take it? Hard to say. Um, but <laughs> Josh McDaniels will be coach of the Raiders. The Oakland Raiders are going to be hiring Josh McDaniels. Of course, they uh, hired the director of player personnel from the, uh, them being the Raiders, hired the director of player personnel from the New England Patriots. So there's definitely a connection there. So Josh McDaniels, this time, I guess he's going to be the coach of the Raiders. He's not going to... He's not going to get cold feet and screw all the people he hired at the last second, you know, like, you know, like walk away at the altar, so to speak. <laughs> that type of thing, like he did with the Indianapolis Colts just a couple of years ago. They turned out okay, though. Frank Reich is a damn good coach. He was the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. Pretty nice backup plan for Indianapolis. We'll see what's going on with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I hope I didn't call them Oakland because I tend to do that a lot. <laughs> at least I don't call them the Los Angeles Raiders, right? That was a long time ago now. Back in the the 80s and early 90s, <laughs> not quite that far stuck in the past, I suppose. But because mm, Oakland Raiders just rolls right off your tongue, it it just does. Uh, well, the main coaching candidates at the moment, there are three main coaching candidates. The third one is a dark horse because it's crazy. It's kind of crazy, and a lot of people think that it's just uh, the the agent making things interesting, that's uh, so to speak, to bring up uh, certain guy's uh, leverage. We'll talk about him shortly. I keep teasing to it, and you already know who it is as I sip my coffee here. Pardon me. Uh, well, it looks like defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> uh, D'Amico Ryans, is a is going to get a second interview this, uh, this week. And... Kevin O'Connell, offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams. Again, another <clears throat> possibility. Well, D'Amico Ryans, that defense has been absolutely great. Is he a huge part of it? I'm sure he is. Offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell as well. So they will be candidates. They're both young. They're up and coming. And, well, young up and coming coaches, you know, Sean McVay, guys like that. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, hopefully this guy, or hopefully whichever one of those two will be as accomplished as those guys coming forward when they are head coach of the Vikings, if one of them becomes the head coach. The other one that uh, Pelissero notes that I wouldn't be a surprise if Jim Harbaugh is in the mix as well. Jim Harbaugh, again, Michigan coach, and of course, very successful coach of the San Francisco 49ers before it wound up in a train wreck <clears throat> at the end of the 2014 season. He got there in, what, 2011, uh, took them to the conference final, took them to the Super Bowl in 2012, and, man, it was beautiful. Um, took them to the Super Bowl in 2012. We had that interesting, dramatic game against the 49ers in 2012. 
Christian Ponder had probably his best game as a Minnesota Viking. It was the most uh, highly downloaded episode in the history of Purple Mafia. It was an amazing day. Uh, unbelievable amount of interaction on the Facebook page that day where the Vikings barely beat a great 49ers team. And uh, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh was playing with the rules with the replacement referees, but like he was getting like two or three challenges in in the half or something. It was kind of funny. He was just toying with those people. They almost beat us, the 49ers, but luckily Christian Ponder and the Vikings were successful in that game, and the ratings just went through the roof because, or the, the downloads. It's like, oh my God, we have a quarterback of the future. Yeah, little did we know how false that would be just a few weeks later, but and remain that way. Um, but, well, it was a great day, and this and that, and Jim Harbaugh barely lost that Super Bowl. Of course, had a huge deficit to overcome after the uh, but uh, the power outage took place, and then it felt like Baltimore would lost their mojo after that weird power outage during the halftime show, or right after the halftime show. San Francisco went on a huge run, and then Randy Moss, the old alligator arms himself, just like he was many times in Minnesota, did it one last time to prevent himself from bringing home a Super Bowl championship. And a certain quarterback I'm not a huge fan of, but uh, he did a great job with that San Francisco club for a couple of years there with uh, Jim Harbaugh as head coach, him being Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, <laughs> he did a good job, obviously, that mobility and that spread offense, this and that. It was entertaining, and of course, Jim Harbaugh is the kind of guy that adjusts to what he has. He's a hell of a coach. Uh, he's strange. He's weird. Uh, Alex Boone liked him very much. Of course, former Vikings guard, right guard, San Francisco 49ers right guard. Interesting, interesting relationship with those two guys. They got along pretty well, uh, this and that, so I'm sure he would endorse the heck out of the move with Alex Boone. Again, it would be a splash hire, which is what the Wilts are known for. And the fact that Quesi Adolfo Mensa says he would work for the coach, this and that. Jim Harbaugh, he'd definitely be working for him, let me tell you. <laughs> he would kind of be like that in a lot of ways. So, interesting. Um, and yes, general managers are kind of supposed to work for the coach, and the coach is supposed to work for the GM. It's supposed to be a team effort. That's what it's supposed to be, and I'm sure it would be similar with Kevin O'Connell or Domingo Ryans. But let's just say it'd be a little bit uh, more, I would work for the coach if Jim Harbaugh came to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he would definitely be like, yeah, we really need this guy, this guy, this position filled, blah, blah, blah. And I gotta think Quesi would do the best he could to get that job done. Um, it would be a, definitely an exciting splash hire, and apparently, well, according to sources out there, like, you know, the ESPNs and the Tom Pelissero's and all of them out there, saying basically that Harbaugh is very interested in, in coaching the Minnesota Vikings. But the price tag would be outrageous, a lot of people believe, because it sounds like he wanted the same contract that John Gruden had with the uh, Las Vegas slash Oakland Raiders when he first got there. was Oakland Raiders at the time, but everybody knew they were moving to Las Vegas. It was just like a delayed thing, <laughs> and the fans still went to the games and blah, blah, blah. Obviously, they did. I can't imagine what that felt like, though, for that fan base. Ugh. Yeah, this team's here and everything, but they're moving in like two years. It's like, that's wonderful. Huh. Just wonderful. They're moving, but they're still here for now. Yeah, enjoy them while you can. Oh, God, that would suck. But, um... That was 10 years and $100 million. And Jim Harbaugh supposedly said, hey, you want me to coach your team? Give me the same contract you gave John Gruden. I'd love to coach your team, but you gotta, you got to pay me. you got to pay me and commit to me. Well, the Raiders ended up firing Gruden because of the email, email gate, I guess you could call it, 10 years prior. Again, it's just unreal. You could, Like you sneeze wrong 20 years ago near somebody 
and guess what? You're going to lose your job, you know, this and that. You know, it's just, it's unbelievable how uh, things have changed over the years, how it's become definitely a pitchfork nation. Who knows? I mean, there could be stuff on anybody out there, uh, but we'll see what kind of price tag we're looking at with Jim Harbaugh. Would he be willing to take less than that? I would hope. If not, I think it's uh, adios, bye-bye. It's a deal-breaker, and it's maybe just uh, whatever the heck they call it, you know, just positioning himself for a, a different job, uh, leveraging himself. That was the word I was looking for, for a bigger contract with Michigan or maybe another school or maybe another NFL franchise. It ain't going to be the 49ers again, let me tell you. And it's not going to be the Raiders either. Josh McDaniels is head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Congratulations, Josh McDaniels. Let's see if he does a little better than he did with Denver. And let's see if he uh, stays put this time. You know, because that's, uh, he does that again. He'll never have a, he'll never be a candidate the rest of his life. I'm kind of surprised he even got another chance after the train wreck in Denver and the, uh, <laughs> the weird situation with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he ended up being right about Jay Cutler, though, when he basically rolled into Denver and was like, Jay Cutler's not, not really a good quarterback, this and that. It was like immediately. Um, well, he was right about him. Jay Cutler was pretty average, pretty mediocre, and, well, the rest, the rest is history. He just didn't have the drive. He just didn't have it. Um, but that's kind of where we stand right now with the coaching situation. Why Jim Harbaugh makes sense, why he doesn't. This is all from, like, Daily Norseman and Tom Pelissaro, a lot of this information. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm sure the next Purple Mafia, when we... Well, yeah, absolutely, because it's going to be a, a while from now, unless there's a head coach before that. Because uh, the next Purple Mafia will be two weeks from now, at least planned that way. There probably will be another one announcing a head coach, like a short show where it'll just be about the coaching fan and direction to that and other maybe news that floated around at the time. Uh, getting caught up with that. That's what I'm guessing will take place. Otherwise, the next planned Purple Mafia show is after the Super Bowl, where we'll see who wins. <laughs> this and that. Um, otherwise, yeah, the next head coach will be probably in a week or so. Maybe even less. It might happen today. Who knows? It might happen today, but probably not. And, well, the San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator is completely available now. He's not, he's not, <laughs> he's, he's not coaching any more games where Kevin O'Connell will be offensive coordinator in the Super Bowl for the Los Angeles Rams. So that's the situation there. And Jim Harbaugh is Jim Harbaugh. So we'll, we'll see if there's any announcement. With that, we'll take a quick break and look at the exciting, crazy championship Sunday. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look at the championship Sunday that was. The AFC or the NFC? The AFC or the NFC? I guess we usually go with the AFC first, even though you could argue this game I had much more excitement with because, well, oh, they're finally done. The Chiefs are done. Felt like a million dollars to see it happen. The uh, Cincinnati Bengals have one of the best kickers in the league. There is just a confidence when this guy steps up <laughs> at those big moments to make that kick, regardless if it's 50 yards or 30 yards. Because believe me, those 30-yard kicks mean something, especially around here, don't they? 27-yard kicks. 
Like, we, we got this, we won the game, or at least we should win it, and he missed. You know, that kind of crap. And then we ended up losing by, by a point to the Seattle Seahawks and other nonsense. He ended up tying with Green Bay. It's ridiculous. He ended up losing to Cincinnati at the beginning of the season <laughs> with Dalvin Cook fumbling. He wound up losing to a really good Arizona team with Greg Joseph missing a, a game-winning kick. <clears throat> and, you know, that, that's how the season started for the Vikings. A train wreck preseason. Fans telling guys like me, Dave Martin, and others like Sebastian and such, to basically like we're idiots, we're morons. And, you know, a, lot of our starters were, a lot of our starters weren't even in there. And, and uh, what, what are you talking about? You're a moron. Oh, just shut it all down and unfollow. This guy's an idiot. No, we're not idiots. It was all the same. All the same train wreck nonsense we were seeing in the preseason that ended up leading into the regular season. And the Vikings lost to a terrible Cincinnati team that only went four games last year. They're just terrible. Uh, but they looked good doing it. They looked good beating us, anyway, Cincinnati. They looked good beating us, but it's it's a fluke. They just had a really good game. You know, I mean, it's Joe Burrow just came back from an ACL. You know, I mean, it's just, it's okay. They're AFC champions now. <laughs> They're AFC champions. AFC champions. We just may have lost to the Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl champion. We just might have. Because there's a chance this team wins the Super Bowl. Absolutely there's a chance. Will they? We'll talk about that shortly. But what a game. What an unbelievable game. Uh, it had all the the makings of a boring blowout demolition derby, just like Kansas City and Buffalo last season. Where Buffalo, there was just nothing there. There was no life. There was no spark. And this year there was all that spark, all that life, but they couldn't stop their grandmother. They couldn't stop their grandmother, the, the Buffalo Bills. After... Uh, Patrick Mahomes carved up that Cincinnati defense on three consecutive drives. Little did we know, little did we know, that Cincinnati defense would wake up. Little did we know, Joe Burrow just might be, <laughs> just might be taking a torch from a certain guy who may, who just may be retiring after 22 seasons and doing it in the same exact fashion that Tom Brady did it and Joe Montana did it in his second year in the NFL. Joe Montana's second year in the NFL, he took his team to the Super Bowl and won it. Tom Brady, in his second year in the NFL, as a crazy underdog, out of nowhere, took his team all the way to the Super Bowl, replacing an injured quarterback named Drew Bledsoe, where everybody knew who he was, all the way to the Super Bowl, and beat an excellent St. Louis Rams team that was all in. They were all in. <laughs> they put all the car, they put all their chips on the table. They thought they had a royal flush, but Tom Brady had one more ace. <laughs> he, he, had the, he, had the, he had the true royal flush. He had the royal flush, secretly. Maybe maybe they were hiding cards under the table. Bill Belichick, maybe they were. <laughs> but one way or another, <laughs> they got it done. <laughs> but that was just on the defensive side. That was on the defensive side, but at the same time, <laughs> incredible. Tom Brady, an unbelievable underdog going against a titan of a team of the St. Louis Rams. Who was all in? They put they had all these wonderful players put together on the offense and on the defense that they'd acquired to work, go with Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, guys like that, and then the Patriots got it done. Oh so oh so close, just barely avoiding overtime. They had a walk off win with a great kicker. It sounds like Cincinnati's got the ingredients to do the same thing. We'll see. Not guaranteeing anything, but it's just interesting how this is all kind of coming together, isn't it? It's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. But I know what direction I'm going to go. Because that's the direction I have to go. <laughs> 
But obviously, again, a 21 to three <laughs> looked like a demolition derby. Looked like since uh, Kansas City was going to crush the, it was going to be everything I didn't want. Kansas City rolling all over the Cincinnati team. It was a cute little run, you know. It was nice to see a second-year guy, you know, number one pick in the draft. You have a, you know, you'll probably have a great career. Maybe Cincinnati will win a Super Bowl someday, but not this year. Kansas City is going to steamroll you guys into the ground. You're finished. You're done. Just go home. But we're going to get greedy first at the end of the half. We want to go up 28 to uh, 10 because Cincinnati finally did something right. Uh, finally something right as running back broke loose. Yards after catch situation there. It was uh, quite a situation there. That was Samaje Perini with a 41-yard play catch in yak type of situation. About an 8-yard catch. Broke a few tackles and next thing you know, away he went. And Cincinnati finally finally did something other than making it, making that single field goal. Cincinnati finally got on the board with a minute 15 left. KC just marched down that field like they had been doing on the previous drives. Just marched down that field like, hey, we, we don't care about you guys. You're nothing. You're nobody. This is easy, man. This is easy. Yeah, you have, you have a good defense, but we have a better offense. We have the greatest quarterback ever. He's going to be better than Brady. We have the greatest little jackass of a wide receiver of all time named Tyree Kill. <laughs> Every time he catches the ball, he just has to make a little move and away he goes and the peace sign is is uh, revealed in your face. I beat you again. Peace, brother, or peace. You know, that's basically Tyree Kill's attitude. <laughs> and then they got to the second, what is it, the number two, number three yard line, or the third yard line. That's number two yard line. Okay, sorry. I'm in a weird mood for some reason. It's like, I don't know, it was a hell of a game. <laughs> a hell of a weekend. And no, I did not drink too much. Don't worry, I had one. That's it. <laughs> I had one. Interesting, weird weird one, but it was good. Uh, late last night. Um, they got to the three-yard line, and then <laughs> it came from the horse's mouth. Patrick Mahomes, I got a little greedy. Yeah, I got a little greedy. So instead of going for the field goal, with three seconds left on the on the number two or number three yard line. There we go with the number again. The two or three yard line, second or third yard line. And and instead of electing to just kick the field goal, go up 24 to three, which wouldn't put the game on ice, but it would give you a bigger lead. It'd have been a little tougher. They wanted to say, no, we're ending this here. 20, 28 to 10, we're gonna be fine. They'll, we're just gonna match their touchdown. 28 to 10, they're not gonna come back from that. Come on, get out of here. They, they're not going to come back from that. <clears throat> You're telling me they're going to tie what the uh, Indianapolis Colts did when they miraculously beat the Patriots, much to my chagrin, of course. I was pissed back in 2006 uh, when they intercepted Tom Brady in the final drive of the game after, after their 18-point comeback, the Colts, to go on and win the Super Bowl. Interesting piece there as well. Um, we'll leave that where that is. You take that how that can... You can take that... Uh, to the bank, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> if you'd like to, we'll see. Um, it's not going to happen, though. You're going to go back, right back down by 18. You guys are done. Just get out of here. You're just the Bengals. We're the Chiefs. We're the Chiefs of the NFL. We're not the Chefs. We're the Chiefs. And it was to my least favorite player on the on the Chiefs, Tyree Kill, and he just got flipped and thrown to the ground right away for a one-yard gain, and the clock expired. And then I turned to my friend Paul, Paul Tunivers Cadiff, and said, why is that reminding me of the Cunningham fumble right before the half against the Atlanta Falcons 
the Vikings were going to win that game comfortably over the Falcons. They Believe it or not, as close as that game wound up becoming, the Vikings were winning comfortably. And just imagine the Vikings scored one more time instead of cutting up gambling and going forward and fumbling the ball and then the uh, Falcons getting more points on the board right before the half. And everything changed. The Vikings offense just completely stopped after that. Just stopped. Completely stopped. And the Falcons started getting a little bit of confidence. And then a little similar thing happened. A similar thing happened all these years later in Kansas City, Arrowhead Stadium. The new Arrowhead, whatever. No, it's the same, but it's yeah, nice and new, if you know what I mean. Um, wow. It's like, you know, it's been renovated like a lot and all that, all fancy and updated. Um, but little did we know well, just how true that statement was going to be. Am I lucky? Do I have some kind of sixth sense? I don't know. Or have I just watched so many games over the years that it actually kind of sometimes, sometimes you can see something happening when other people might not be able to because you've watched so much, so many games. You've seen everything happen like that Atlanta game many years ago, back in 98, 99 January anyway, but the 98 season to see a 15-1 team go up and smoke, not even win a conference title. Kansas City wasn't exactly 15-1, and one, but they still were very much a Super Bowl contender, and it looked like the door was blown wide open with Tennessee out of the way, Tampa Bay out of the way, Green Bay out of the way. Kansas City was going to win the Super Bowl for sure now. It's over. Kansas City wins, especially after the way <laughs> Patrick Mahomes carved up that Buffalo team and was carving up the Cincinnati team. Absolutely crazy. Next thing you know, that Cincinnati defense started getting more and more confident because they stopped that little that little pest, Tyreek Hill. They stopped him. Normally you'd see Tyreek Hill blow right by somebody and peace sign, and it's 28-10, to 10, and the Chiefs are probably on their way to Los Angeles, California. But it didn't happen. It just didn't happen that way. <laughs> Cincinnati would stop Kansas City after a... <laughs> Another sputter. They would get the ball back. Kansas City got the ball back because Cincinnati opened the game with a crappy drive. They'd get the ball back, but then the, the <laughs> next thing you know, Patrick Mahomes, something changed about him. He'd, he'd, it's like he'd lost his magic. He was out of magic points, so to speak, until the final drive, anyway. At least uh, to get them back in the <laughs> get them back tied up. But to see the uh, that defense, that pass rush, get to Patrick Mahomes as many times as they did, and to get the big crucial interception that they did. And then Joe Burrow to make the clutch completions that he needed to <clears throat> at least get the team in field goal range. All of a sudden, they're within eight points. It's just a one score and a two-point conversion away. Shut down Kansas City the way that defense had been doing in that second half. Next thing you know, it was a tie game going into the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, you still had 15 minutes to play, so I can't get too confident, Cincinnati. But maybe you can, because <laughs> Patrick Holmes still struggled. But then, unfortunately, that Chiefs defense started causing a little bit of a havoc as well on Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow threw an interception that was like, oh, great. Now maybe they are going to lose still. Nice comeback, but it's going to be like the, the Tampa Bay Bucks last week and the Buffalo Bills last week. But they made the great comebacks and still lost. It was depressing. Still lost to the, the home team, so to speak, in Kansas City. But I guess the, uh, the Bucks were at home and they still lost to Los Angeles. And then you saw, it looked like, oh, Patrick Mahomes has regained his mojo. Down the field they go. Again, this was after a 52-yard beauty by Evan McPherson as Cincinnati was just barely in field goal range to take a 24-21 lead, to go from 21-3 to 24-21. What an amazing run by the Cincinnati Bengals. 
incredible, incredible run. To actually take the lead on the road with six minutes left, but six minutes is eternity. And obviously, <laughs> they're very stingy with using timeouts in Kansas City, which is good. That's good coaching. Unlike Sean McVay yesterday, who had no timeouts remaining with 10 minutes left. I mean, they had to lose that game, right? No, they didn't, though. <laughs> Stupid. But, of course, Harrison Buckner made his kick like he always does. Made his kick. Kansas City just marched down that field when they needed to and was able to tie the game up. And you figure, oh, great. And then guess what? Everybody knows tails never fails with the coin toss, right? Everybody knows that. But just like Chris Carter and uh, Steve Hutchinson, every gosh darn bleeping time, there's a coin toss going over to heads. Stop saying heads. Stop. Because it's always tails. If you hadn't noticed, it's always tails. It's I, I, I don't know what it's just it just is. Kansas City won the game. Now they won the toss and the game because you know what's going to happen. They're going to march down the field and Tyreek Hill is going to do his little peace sign all the way into the end zone. That's what's going to happen. God, it's going to be just like last week with Buffalo. Uh, but then, <laughs> but then Patrick Mahomes was like missing people by a mile. It's like it's like he just lost it. He was nervous. He was shaky. And then next thing you know, there's the interception, the unthinkable. And Cincinnati's only a couple completions away from field goal range. And Cincinnati doesn't have to score a touchdown to win the game because they made the defensive stop. That's the rule in overtime in the playoffs. And in, well, in, in general. <laughs> but again, in the playoffs, the overtime is longer and all that. And the game closes until someone scores, this and that. But of course... It's not just a field goal. It's like the next score wins. Or, yeah, it's not. they don't have to score a touchdown now. The, only the opening team has to score a touchdown to end the game. Freaking could have used that versus the <laughs> New Orleans Saints, and maybe the Vikings wouldn't have made that stop anyway. Who knows? Um, but we can't say that Joe Burrow never got a chance. We can't say that uh, Patrick Mahomes never got a chance in this overtime game. Last week, Josh Allen never got a chance, unfortunately, because he probably would have taken Buffalo down. And, and won the game if he had a chance. Probably. But we'll never know, unfortunately. <laughs> but then Joe Burrow, like Tom Brady, got his team in field goal range. And, of course, Joe Mixon, the other Joe, was unbelievable. It was mostly Mixon, quite frankly, on this drive. All the handoffs and such. And Mixon just looked like the guy that the Vikings wanted, or Viking fans wanted years ago, despite some off-the-field stuff, you know, off-the-field issues, behavioral issues going into that draft with where Delvin Cook. It was similar with Delvin Cook as well, where both players were taken in similar places. Going back to 2017, you thought, yeah, Joe Mixon, he's just on a crappy team. He's never, you know, he's, he's, he's not as good as Delvin Cook either, this and that. Now he's in the Super Bowl and Delvin Cook's out of the playoffs. Both of them had, have had injury issues at times, but Mixon with unbelievable runs to put the Chiefs on ice as Evan McPherson, 31-yarder. There is just a confidence to Evan McPherson and a confidence to anybody that wants to see Cincinnati win when that guy steps up to kick that ball. And that's what happened. And that's what happened. 27-24, Cincinnati. Once again, wins an AFC Championship game. They are undefeated historically in the AFC Championship game. Unfortunately, so far, they are winless in the Super Bowl. 0-2 both times versus the 49ers. Well, this team is not the 49ers. It's another California team, the L.A. Rams. And we'll get back to that soon. <laughs> Let's go to the LA Rams now, if humanly possible. 27-24. What a game. Well, wasn't that fun, though? And, and both of them ended up being good. 
San Francisco clearly looked like the better team most of the way, even though the Rams had their had a had a good drive in the second quarter, even though they took the early lead. But it felt like this is San Francisco's game. Low scoring. Matthew Stafford was missing at times. And that San Francisco defense looks so damn good. And a lot of people want D'Amico Ryans to be head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and maybe he will be. Maybe he will be. He wouldn't surprise me if he is the top candidate. It's kind of funny when you consider both of these guys were coaching against directly against each other. Kevin O'Connell and D'Amico Ryans. It's almost literally like they're, you know, applying for a head coaching job right there in a lot of ways. And what a stage to do it in. An NFC title game that ended up being damn close. D'Amico Ryans' team did not win the game, unfortunately. Um, but I don't think it's D'Amico Ryans' fault in a lot of ways. And I don't, I don't think uh, Kevin o- it would have been Kevin O'Connell's fault either, necessarily. As There's a lot of damn good players on both sides of the ball. Defense for San Francisco, offense for Los Angeles and defense for Los Angeles. That's the one thing. That's where L.A. is a favorite in this game and in the Super Bowl because of the complete roster the L.A. Rams have. Debo Samuel was obviously incredibly valuable. Again, the yards after catch and the, ultimately the touchdown and one of the few touchdowns San Francisco would have in the game. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, though, I honestly feel he is the he is definitely the, the weakest link with the 49ers, and it's not even close, honestly other than Tart dropping a sure interception that would have won the game despite Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Tart had an interception, a safety for the San Francisco 49ers, an interception that players could dream about. And if uh, Matthew Stafford makes mistakes like that against Cincinnati, Cincinnati is going to win their first Super Bowl. Quite frankly, I want them to. <laughs> if you think I'm rooting for the LA Rams and the Super Bowl, you got something else coming there. The only scenario I would have rooted for the Rams would have been if the Kansas City Chiefs were in the Super Bowl. And that would have been a good Super Bowl, believe me. Two high-octane clubs with talent on both sides of the ball. It would have really been something. San Francisco certainly has talent on their side of the ball. There we go. Thank you. My wife was able to stop that. Uh, um, they certainly have talent on both sides of the ball, but I do feel the quarterback position is definitely the weakest link, despite his winning record and this and that. A lot of people are making fun of that now because, I mean, my goodness, he looked just like... Kirk Cousins at times, especially on that final drive. It looked like Kirk Cousins, you know, like losing his mind. <laughs> and it wasn't just the horrible, like, you know, desperation, you know, like what the heck that was. Like little shovel pass or whatever the heck you'd call that. Flip pass that wound up being intercepted and all the Rams had to do was kneel down and win the game. But San Francisco, we'll see. We'll see who the next quarterback is going to be because I think they're a quarterback away from being a great team, honestly. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is unbelievable. Love him, the talent there. Debo Samuel is everything. He was literally weeping at the end of the game. And I felt bad for him. And obviously, so did Odell Beckham. Kind of went over there and was consoling him for quite a while. Cooper Cup looks like a league MVP candidate. No question about that. 142 yards, 11 catches, a couple touchdowns. The running back by committee for Los Angeles is also a, a talented group. Matthew Stafford able to run for key first downs, a lot like Joe Burrow did with the Cincinnati Bengals. (laughs) Some of those key first downs Joe Burrow would run for that ended up, you know, helping Cincinnati get themselves into a Super Bowl. That's one thing that Joe Burrow has on Brady is a little more mobility. Brady and Montana, you could argue, he has a little mobility despite an ACL injury. It's pretty damn cool, ACL injury and surgery. Looks like they did a good job on him, and he did a good job too afterward with the rehab. The fact that, uh, you know, just think about 
how NBA players miss two years oftentimes with ACLs. It's crazy. NBA players. Then you get the NFL, which you think is a little more dangerous than the NBA. He's back right away, less considerably less than a year. Joe, Joe Burrow played quite a bit last year before the ACL, so definitely less than a calendar year. He plays the entire season, and now he has his team in the Super Bowl in his second year of his career. Amazing. So I keep going back to that guy because it's unbelievable. Obviously, the Rams' talent level is crazy. The 49ers' talent level is very good, the defense and on offense. San Francisco, obviously, and they're well-coached on both sides of the ball. Both teams are. Uh, both sides. Both sides. I mean, you know, Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator of the Rams, he's fantastic. He might get a ring. He just might. I'm not cheering. For, I'm not rooting for that, but <laughs> you, Cincinnati, Rad, you gotta, you got to go with Cincy. Well, no, you don't have to. It's up to you what you choose. You have a right to choose, damn it. <laughs> As do I. Because <clears throat> I was not cheering for the Rams or the Saints, the Chiefs either. A lot of people were. Um, San Francisco, though, I mean, man, they, they should have won this game, and they just kind of let it go. Sean McVay talking about, you know, he's going for a challenge on a play that was, the ball was clearly, it was an interception, supposedly, that wasn't an interception. It was clearly dropped. It was like an easy call. You know, I, I saw it. I'm like, that's not an interception. Everybody knew it. And that was before the replay. Like, no, that's not an interception. He still challenges it. He had one timeout remaining, him being Sean McVay. And he lost his timeout. Down by, was it, was he trailing by, uh, I forget if he was down by three or ten at the time. Because I had it written down. Where did it go? Oh, I had it in the Twitter account. But yeah, I mean, they were trailing. They were trailing at the time was the uh, were the uh, Los Angeles Rams, and he still went for the challenge, risking everything there. Yeah, they were down by well, they were down by three. Yeah, with ten minutes remaining, and had no timeouts left in an NFC Championship game, trailing in the fourth quarter. I just found that absolutely crazy. Talk about risky. Yeah, so I thought San Francisco for sure was going to have it after that. But next thing you know, Matthew Stafford started completing passes he needed to. And running for first down as well on one play. And ultimately kept getting the Rams closer and closer to <laughs> tying the game up, which they ultimately did. And of course, they were able to take the lead before the end of the, of, of the regulation and such. And then Garoppolo had just a feeble effort, despite having plenty of time on the clock. But against the L.A. Rams defense, that was determined to get themselves to the Super Bowl, led by... <laughs> Aaron Donald was extremely, extremely passionate, like, I want my ring, damn it. Well, you're, you're going to at least get an NFC Championship ring, which you did a couple of years back, which the Vikings have four of, and I found them on the on the internet, like, images of them. They look really nice. It's just too bad it says NFC Championship instead of Super Bowl or World Champions. But at least it's a, it's a glimpse into what could have been, because it's the same exact style of ring as a Super Bowl ring. It just says NFC on it instead of Super Bowl, unfortunately. Cool to know that those exist out there, though. It is kind of cool. Yeah, so we have an idea what a Vikings championship ring might look like. Because they look pretty good, despite the fact they're like 50 years old, some of them <laughs> are pushing on 50. But all the million again, the Rams go to the Super Bowl. And again, Garoppolo is the missing link, and the announcers were saying basically what a lot of us were thinking. Probably Jimmy Garoppolo's last game with the 49ers, most likely. 
Uh, hopefully, Kirk Cousins' last game with the Vikings as well, but we'll see. Maybe Kirk Cousins will be quarterback of the 49ers next year. He'd be a slight upgrade. A little bit better uh, special skills, but about the same, uh, you know, mental state. Though, again, Garoppolo does have a better winning record than uh, Kirk Cousins. That's a fact. Kirk Cousins is basically a 500 quarterback throughout his entire career, and nobody can deny that. You can try to, but you can't. With that said, let's preview the Super Bowl a bit here. It's humanly possible. The teams are fairly evenly matched up. Again, this is two weeks away, of course, and it's in Los Angeles. It's unbelievable how this turned out. How, what was it, 54 Super Bowls were played where it was never the home team stadium hosting that, that Super Bowl. And oftentimes it was a college stadium like Pasadena, this and that, the Rose Bowl. You know, the Vikings lost the Super Bowl in the Rose Bowl. That was the last time we went to the the game uh, against the Oakland Raiders with uh, John Madden as coach. We got absolutely obliterated after a good opening drive that ended up fumbling at the goal line, which I bring up many times now on this show. But 54 Super Bowls the home team didn't host. The Vikings came damn close because in the past, teams would lose in the first round at best, and then that would be it. Like that 91 Vikings team didn't even make the playoffs when we hosted the uh, the uh, Super Bowl 26 between the Bills and the Washington Redskins, which is what they were called at the time. Apparently a new name is coming up in a matter of days now, less than a week away for, for Washington. Supposedly they're going to be the commanders. That's the rumor out there. So that's a little bit of news for some of you out there that might be, supposedly the name was leaked, the commanders, but no logo or uh, color scheme has been leaked yet. But the Los Angeles Rams will be hosting, will be in their own stadium, the same stadium the NFC Championship game was played in, which is just the darndest thing. The same game the NFC Championship game was played in will have will host the Super Bowl. City of Los Angeles, they have two weeks to go from NFC title game to Silver Bowl. That's the ultimate situation where the Vikings were unable to host the game because we lost home field advantage much earlier in the season when we lost to the Detroit Lions. Supposedly that was the game that cost them but ultimately in the uh, the math and this and that, where it would have helped if we beat Carolina as well that year. That would have clinched it too, believe me. But the Rams game, of, or Detroit game officially did that. Um, so we didn't get to host the game. So LA gets the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate treatment, host the NFC title game and host the Super Bowl. Of course, again, it's going to be different. People, there is that. People already had Super Bowl tickets probably a year or two years ago that are not from Los Angeles. That could be cheering for anybody. And I'm sure I heard, uh, I would think a bunch, of, uh, a bunch of wealthy Cincinnati fans or lucky Cincinnati fans will be able to get in the building as well. And, of course, the glitzy, glamour crowd that doesn't give two bleeps about the game. They're just there to be seen and to show off. That's really all it really is. That's pretty much half of the L.A. Rams fans anyway. No, I'm kidding. Half of the Lakers fans. <laughs> Lakers and L.A., like, in their suites, they think they're hot stuff. I'm sure they are. But an evenly matched game, in points scored a game, they are tied at 7th in the NFL. Total yards, Rams ninth, Bengals 10th. Total yards, just think about how close that is. Passing yards, Rams 5th, Cincinnati 7th. Rushing yards per game, Rams 25th, because it's a committee, Cincinnati 23rd. But Mexican sure made up for that. Down the stretch in the AFC title game, time of possession is a huge, huge, huge advantage in favor of Cincinnati, 6th to 26th. Let that, uh, yep, yep, that was pretty big. 6th to 26th. Points against per game, very evenly matched. Cincinnati 17th and Los Angeles 15th. Total yards against 17th to 18th in favor of the Rams. Look how close this is. 
passing yards per game, the Rams a little bit ahead, of course. Again, it's a glitzy offense, but then again, it isn't. <laughs> 22nd. Cincinnati only 26th. Oh, this is defense, pardon me. Yeah, defense, passing yards against per game. I already did the passing yards, 5th and 7th. Yeah, I apologize there. Um, but yeah, the Rams give up a bit of passing yards. Rushing yards, both teams are fantastic. Rams 6th, Cincinnati 5th. A key stat, though, that could mean a couple of key stats that could mean something in favor of Los Angeles, unfortunately. Sacks, the Rams were 3rd in the league. Bengals 11th, but they looked damn good against Patrick Mahomes. It couldn't be brought down by anybody last week with Buffalo. Interceptions, third in favor of the Rams to these Bengals 15th. So those are two things that could help the Rams finish off the Bengals and win a close Super Bowl, which it will be. It will be a very close game. I will be very surprised if it's anything like last year's uh, you know game where it was very one-sided. There were no key injuries that I know about that took place to, like, offensive linemen, guards, you know, uh, tackles. Like, last year was, like, unbelievable bad luck for uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs with the left tackle going out. I mean, it doesn't get much worse than that. Um, and they already had been missing a tackle, so they had two reserve tackles in there. Um, Mike Rammers, I feel bad for that guy. Like, he completely lost his confidence when he came to Minnesota because he was playing out of position and all that. He was just screwed. Um, he was absolutely screwed, and he's never been the same since. And I can't imagine how he felt last year, seeing uh, his quarterback and his team get demolished by the, by the Buccaneers last year. I strongly believe the Buccaneers would be a high, heavy favorite if they somehow got past L.A. It looked like Brady might have gotten his eighth title before he would have possibly retired here, because since it's not official yet. But it might be a perfect passing of the torch if Brady retires. If Joe Burrow was able to do a lot what Brady did, beat beat a fantastically constructed and all-in Los Angeles team that, uh, you know, they just they invested everything they could. Obviously, you got, your, you got your glitzy stadium, and now you're playing in it. That's another advantage that the Rams have, unfortunately. And um, But if he can overcome all that, Joe Burrow, <laughs> and win three road games to get there, we'll see what happens. I mean, might as well win a fourth road game, eh, Joe? Because it's like a fourth road game. It's like that. It's like that. Obviously, it's a different audience. It's not just Rams fans that'll be in the building. In fact, uh, heck, yesterday wasn't just Rams fans either. There was a lot of 49ers fans there, but the Rams fans ended up getting what they wanted and not the San Francisco fans. Cooper Cup is an MVP candidate, of course, 1947. Receiving yards rookie, Jamar Chase, 1455 with 13 TDs. Cooper Cup, 16 TDs. Jamar Chase is unbelievable. Maybe he'll be Super Bowl MVP. Maybe Joe Burrow will be. Um, but I am rooting for Cincinnati in this game. There's no question about that. And I know, I mean, I get probably a little too animated for teams that are not the Minnesota Vikings. But believe me, you think you think I'm a little crazy now, how crazy I would be if this was the Vikings in this game. It would be unbelievable if the Vikings were fortunate enough to uh, kick off in this game. I, I wish we could. But uh, that's why we kept hearing about SoFi all season on KFAN. I forget what the rhyme was, but like, oh, we're going to SoFi. And like, yeah, sure we are. <laughs> it's a nice dream, but hopefully that day does come with this new uh, leadership at all three positions, including the quarterback, hopefully leading the Vikings to a Super Bowl championship, not just an appearance going forward. I don't want to be the I don't want to be the first team to lose five Super Bowls uh, and with without a win. De Denver has five losses, but they have three wins to their name too. So boo hoo, you know who who cares now. <laughs> All that pain is washed away. Except for the poor players that didn't get rings back in the day. 
for the Broncos, but that's how that goes. You know, it's a sucky part of life, man. <laughs> yep. Um, but, well, I mean, Cincinnati has every right to have a chance to win this game. 46-11 in yardage for Burrow during the season. 34 touchdowns and 14 INTs. 48-86 for Matthew Stafford, a lot like his great Detroit seasons when he was an MVP candidate and looked like a number one overall pick, just like Joe Burrow. 41 touchdowns, 13, uh, 17 interceptions. That'll be the undoing of the Rams if the Cincinnati defense can get the job done and force turnovers on Matthew Stafford, who can be quite erratic at times. Obviously, if Stafford is sharp beyond belief, it's probably going to go to the Rams. And, of course, that pass rush, that deadly pass rush of the Los Angeles Rams can get the job done as well. Joe Burrow did survive nine sacks from an excellent Tennessee defense on the road and got the job done. So Joe Burrow can absolutely get this done. Unfortunately, I will be picking the Rams to win this game just because. Just because. I will be picking the Rams to win this game. Doesn't mean I want them to. It doesn't mean I don't believe the Cincinnati Bengals can absolutely get it done. But I will pick the Rams to be a slight favorite in this game by a, a three-point margin. I think it's going to be just like these games this weekend where it's like a three-point victory for one team or the other. Maybe the Bengals pull off uh, like Brady going down the field, the final drive, and here comes McPherson from 30 yards out, 40 yards out, 50 yards out, with three seconds left. And Cincinnati brings home their first championship since uh, their first world championship as the Bengals and their first for the city of Cincinnati since the Reds in 1990. Cincinnati Reds baseball, of course. Cincinnati has... Uh, crazy, believe it or not, Cincinnati Reds have four world championships, at least getting back, going back into the 70s with uh, guys like Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, George Foster, and of course Johnny Bench, who you could argue was the best of all of them. Uh, Johnny Bench, they won three world series in the 70s, and then all the years later with uh, Chris Tabo, Jose Rijo and such. <laughs> yes, I remember those names, 1990, right before the Twins would get their second world series championship, so that's how long it's been for the city of Cincy. Little longer than Minnesota, believe it or not, for winning a championship, but a lot more regular season games for Minnesota uh, since then, because we've had, we have had three or four major pro teams, seven-year absence in hockey because the North Stars left and then the Wild came in 2000. North Stars left in 93, pardon me. But um, I want Cincinnati to win. I think they can, but it just seems like the glitzy L.A. nonsense is going to come out with a victory. 30-27, to 27, a very close, very epic game back and forth. There'll be turnovers, there'll be sacks, there'll be big moments, but then the Rams will come out and in the end, unfortunately, 30-27 to 27 at the end of the day. With that, we'll take a break and we will look at fan interaction. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, the third and final segment. I figured I'd have a whole segment for this one. Obviously, I had a lot to say about the conference games. No question about that. Very dramatic, very interesting. And there's a lot of comments, of course. you got the new GM and all the other news that's been going on. Get to the Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Do give that a follow. Also, do get on board with the Vigit application, V-I-G-I-T, two separate words. 
It is basically fantasy betting, social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Viget Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sportsbook, bet free coins, win real prizes. Betting stats, there's great information available on the Viget Lifeline movement where the public is betting. Again, it is not real money wagering. And when you do join, when they ask for the referral, it is Paladino Live. Paladino Live, that's in the show description. Also, consider getting on with uh, Crypto.com. Crypto.com is an application, even though it sounds like a website. It's an app, pardon me, an app on Apple or Google devices, of course. Simply click on the link in the show description. It'll show I referred you, and you get $25 put in your account to trade cryptocurrency. Pretty fun. And it is worth it. Yes, it's risky. There's a risk in everything there is. Every market there is. Crypto market, stock market, real estate market, commodity market. Uh, bond market, there is a risk in everything, so don't expect perfection, don't expect I'm, I'm not up here saying, oh, you're guaranteed to make money, no you're not but you can, you can absolutely make money and it's a lot of fun when you do, let me tell you, because I have, alright, so I want to thank Vince Germano for the most recent uh, retweet, the retweet of the most recent episode anyway, Pro Mafia episode 365, that would make this one 366, GM finalists and conference finalists, thank you so much Vince Germano, out of Australia, Melbourne Australia Dave Hickey out of Iowa, jumping on Twitter. Pretty cool. Uh, it's at Vike Lifer. Pretty cool. He says, uh, you go, Joey, and I know you always put in the work, but I do believe the Vikings need to find a trade partner for Cousins, and it better be a first-round pick. Yeah, I hope we can get at least one back. Um, that one guy was saying, so he's uh, Dave Hickey's responding to this from just before the new show came out. Uh, that one guy was saying, can you guys do a deep dive into a few quarterbacks? Yep, and I was saying, for sure, it's definitely a direction we need to go, though it may be an episode or three away, like as I was saying. So it's probably closer to th- three episodes away because of the, there's this one, of course, so that's one. The next one might be the head coach, and then the, and then the uh, next one would be the Super Bowl. So it's something like that, that one guy. But yes, we'll we'll get into it. We'll get it deeper and deeper into the uh, possible quarterbacks, and those are interesting names, especially Malik Willis. A lot of people really like him with that mobility and such, because so far, I'm, you know, generally ignorant when it comes to the uh, the draft right now, of course, meaning I haven't done any studying yet, but they're coming. Dave Vicky was saying the blonde in the Verizon curls is just as annoying. Yep, because I was saying I hate commercials like the Samsung one and the Lexus one with all the stupid dancing in the Samsung one, and just Lexus. It's just, ugh, pure arrogance. <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of Lexus because of that. I just think too many people are full of themselves. Black Space simply responds with, I don't watch them, so... <laughs> Dave Martin, Mad Martin, out of Northern Scotland. Now, Black Space is from Mankato, and he also does the God, Sex, and Sin podcast. Highly, highly recommended. You could kind of call this a commercial on the fly, in a way, and I'll probably make one for him. He made one for Pearl Mafia, Brave the Wild, Tim Rules Explosion, really cool. He was recommending my shows on God's Ex and Sin, and it is a really, really damn good show when it comes to, uh, you know, just, just life, conversations about life, and he offers some incredible advice. A very, very wise young man, I'd have to say, in his mid-twenties. Um, incredible advice from somebody that's been through a lot, you know, and I've been through things as well. I mean, we all have. We can all kind of relate. That's where you kind of, it's okay to kind of drop, drop the, you know, kind of let your hair down a little bit, drop some of the false, uh, <laughs> pride and this and that and just you know give it you know give it a listen and also open up and that's kind of what uh, Sebastian does a bit which is absolutely fantastic Sebastian God Sex and Sin podcast look it up on all the major applications uh, apps excuse me like 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's on those at the very least, and many others, I'm sure. So highly recommended. Mad Martin, Northern Scotland, says, Absolutely, you've got to watch those Cousin Crusaders. Purple Mafia is a solid podcast. Something happened. Oh, I missed something. Jamie says, Hi, all. I am new to Twitter and looking for suggestions of who to follow for Vikings chat, discussions, content, etc. I'm a UK fan, started following the NFL and the Vikings for 10 years as I gradually lost interest in football. Peter says, Welcome to Twitter. Uh, Twitter. Be careful talking about cousins. <laughs> uh oh. Yep, gotta watch those Cousins Crusaders. Yep, hopefully Jamie followed. I don't think... Oh, she did. I'll give a follow back there. Cool. That's nice. From UK, huh? I just see a hat. That's all I see. But <laughs> welcome welcome on board, Jamie, if you happen to be listening for the first or second. Probably have to be the first time and maybe second, depending on the situation. But welcome on board out of the UK. Mad Martin, Northern Scotland. A legend of legends when it comes to... Purple Mafia, for sure. UK and Ireland fan club, but we're both following each other as well. Yep, they were talking about watch out for the cousins, people. Yep. <laughs> cool. UK and Minnesota, UK and Ireland Vikings fan club. Thank you very much. Uh, really cool hearing from them. And then uh, God, Sex, and Sin, there's the Twitter account saying, make sure you catch the ad for Purple Mafia and Brave the Wild, hosted by my friend, Paladino Joey. Thank you very much, Sebastian. Awesome. Yep, and it's a good show. It's a damn, damn good show. Danae Brown out of New Zealand says, would love to see the Bengals go all the way, and thankfully they did. Oh my, it was a little scary, and it didn't look good, because I remember at the beginning of the day, much earlier in the morning, I uh, had two pictures together, San Francisco with that old school helmet, and the Cincinnati Bengals logo helmet, helmet logos side by side, saying, need I say more? Yep, and I wanted the re a rematch of the 1988 Super Bowl, it just didn't happen, unfortunately, because 49ers missed it by this much. Cincinnati's there, I think Cincinnati would have definitely beaten the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I think so. In the past, I might have thought San Francisco. It's like, no, Cincinnati wins the Super Bowl if it's San Francisco. And they could beat the Rams, too. But unfortunately, I have the Rams winning. Not that I want that. Not that I want that. I want, make me wrong, Cincy. Make me wrong. Make me wrong one more time, Cincy. You can do it. <laughs> Tanae says, would love to see the Bengals go. Oh, yeah, I already read that. What am I saying? Uh, Malcolm jumps on board saying, I would love to see their game plan in, involve some more quick-hitting passes and screens today. Yeah, there was a little bit of that, wasn't there? Especially that uh, that touchdown right before the half. Um, that was similar that way. I was saying, yes, you got to get what you can what you can, and run, literally. Yay, uh, yeah, yards after catch. I believe Malcolm liked that. I'm not sure who did. It doesn't even show. <laughs> it doesn't even show who liked it. Not today, so Malcolm's like, screw you, I'm out of here. No, I don't know, I'm probably busy with something. Yeah, I was saying, I was responding to today, me too, big time. I know they can do it. They just need to go out there and take care of business. Yep, that being Cincinnati. Mad Martin says, just going to enjoy the games, don't care much about the results. Oh, man. Let me see. Uh, Mad Martin says, well-deserved. Casey, Casey blew it in the second half. Year of the cat, yes, and I sure hope so. Sebastian said at least he's in the NFC when I was comparing Joe Burrow a little bit to Tom Brady because it's the second year and it's that yeah, young underdog jumping, you know, making some miraculous things happen like Montana did and Brady did. Montana did now 40 years ago, if you can believe it, and Brady did 20 years ago. Wow, the 81, 01, 21. Oh my God, that's yet one more piece. Wouldn't that be 
unbelievable, like the stars aligning for something magical to happen. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? Just think about it. 20-year spans with Brady, excuse me, Montana, to Brady, to Burrow. Wow. Could it be? Could it be? Just listen to all that. Just listen to all the things lining up. Listen to all that lining up. It's unbelievable. The only team that was kind of favored in all that was the San Francisco 49ers in 81. They were kind of the favorites, but again, it's a young quarterback. Really, really young quarterback. So, can't expect, like, perfection and all that from a rookie. Uh, or a second-year guy. Almost a rookie. At Pro Mavi Show. That's the Twitter. Let's get to Facebook. Uh, no comments on the recent show host, but there's comments a bit going forward. The sources where the Bears are finalizing decision to uh, finalizing deal to make polls the general manager. Couple comments here, if I can get to them. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, "Well, there goes that, and I feel sorry for him. Wow, who would want to live there? Yeah, think about all the yeah the all the crime and such. Yeah, it's it's not a good place, Chicago." Um, Brett McCarthy says, "Hire Sean Payton." Yep, and you never know. Maybe we will. Brett McCarthy is definitely pushing that one. Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota. Mike Fuller, Stu Evans, also out of. South Dakota saying, crap, we're going to end up with some somebody's leftovers coaching staff too. Oh, I, I hope not. Mark was saying, you're most likely right. Well, we'll see about that, Mensah. We'll see if he's fantastic. Gerald Spring racks up this section saying, well, now it feels like the chick you wanted to take to the dance turned you down, so now you go see if you can second chance will go. Um, just doesn't have a good vibe in my book. The Browns took a step back this year. Who drafted, who drafted Baker? I think he's a great guy. But second-level quarterback at best, I would love. I would rather have Cousins. Oh well, wait and see for another ten years. I guess. Guess we have learned not to expect a lot from this team. Yeah. So, yep. Vikings to sign Adolfo Mensa. That was from uh, Daily Norseman. Ben McCarthy says hire Sean Payton as coach. <laughs> Jen Hellstrom says ew, no way. Ha, that's funny. Oh. Uh, Jerry Hicks out of St. Louis says, seems like a smart dude. Hope he is even smarter than he looks on paper. Yep, I hope so. Continuing, yep, Vikings hire Quasi Adolfo Mendez, general manager from the Star Tribune. That's when it became completely official. Leland Albertson, Iowa, says, after looking into this guy, he seems interesting. Analytics-based, did a lot of research in groups, management skills, etc. A different thought process than Zimmer for sure. Things are going to change up north, better or worse. Here we go. And yes, it should be fun. No doubt. Matt Emer out of the UK, and welcome back. Good to hear from Matt Emer again. He says, like the move. Now get the right coach. Now get the right coach in. Keen for an offensive coach, but unsure who's the favorite at the moment. Apparently it's down to, it might be down to two guys, or three guys, Kevin O'Connell, uh, offense, Jim Harbaugh, offense, or uh, D'Amico Ryan's defense, San Francisco. So we'll see what happens there. Pardon me. Bron Packers wire Broncos finalizing deal to hire Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett as new head coach. Matt LaBelle, who lives locally but is a Packer fan, says, uh, well, Rodgers and Adams will be headed there. The Vikings will have a chance again in the NFC North if they can get it together and maybe a new quarterback. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. And it's it's a golden opportunity, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> no doubt. Leland Albertson says, yep, or setting up a Rodgers move to Denver. Yep, I think so. I do think so. Broncos kind of being damn good, but I was sad to see Hackett go, though, instead of coming here, because I wanted Hackett. <laughs> I wanted Hackett. So it's not like I'm mad that he's on Denver. I'm mad that uh, 
we don't get them. So I posted twice because I wanted to have the better quality one from directly from YouTube, not from the Star Tribune. Shoot. Okay. Or is no, that is the Star Tribune. Maybe the YouTube one got canceled out. Nope, they're both there. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Okay, only one comment, but that's okay. It's a good one. Dave Hickey says, I think he'll be good for the Vikings. He's very intelligent and has worked for a winning organization in the 49ers. Yep, that was his main job, his main you know, tenure was 49ers. By all accounts, he asks a lot of questions from great football minds, and he believes you hire good, knowledgeable people and let them do their jobs, and you hold them accountable and yourself accountable. You don't do the opposite like Zimmer and never take blame for bad decisions and constantly throw people under the bus. Skull. And yeah, that was one thing I will give credit to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They both, you know, took responsibility for that bad play at the end of the first half. Um, I respect what they did. Instead of just kind of like kind of having an attitude and this or that, both of them are like, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's my bad. It's really my bad there. So I respect uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, honestly. I do. I don't like the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a lot of players on that team I don't like. But I have nothing, and I repeat, nothing against Mahomes or Andy Reid. Uh, I appreciate the accountability and the class that they uh, exhibited after the game. Felt kind of bad for them, honestly. Yeah, I did. Like Guys like Tyreek Hill, I did not feel bad for. I don't hate Tyreek Hill as much as it might sound, but I hate the I, I hate his attitude. Not him, just his attitude. <laughs> it's just too much. Um, Tom Brady reportedly to retire after 22 NFL seasons filled with comebacks, records, and seven Super Bowl titles. I'm not going to lie, this hit me kind of hard. I was pretty sad, actually. Uh, a lot of you might think, good riddance, get the hell out of here, we're tired of you, we got sick of seeing the Patriots, and then, gosh, now you win with the Bucks too. Get out of here. No, no, don't get out of here. I enjoyed every minute of Tom Brady's career. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that with full honesty, and if you want to unfollow and hate the show, I guess, well, whatever. Well, you won't, you, you really wouldn't have to, because I'm not going to be uh, talking about how great Brady is every 10 seconds if he's retired. Uh, I'll bring him up at, time, at times, of course, because you have to. And I still bring up Joe Montana. He's been retired for a long time. Long, long time. Um, almost, yeah, he's been retired for 25, 26, 27 years already. My God. Because um, he certainly didn't last 22 seasons. Uh, I enjoyed every moment of this guy's career. Um, his rookie year, he didn't play. His second year, he played with, uh, that was it, there was some blood in uh, uh, Drew Bledsoe's lungs. And, and the Patriots started 0-2 that season, and then oh, and then everything changed. They finished with an 11-5 and record, make the playoffs, win the first round. It's like, okay, well, because like, this Patriots team, there's something going on here. Then they then there's that tuck, weird tuck rule, whatever, with uh, Oakland. That was a weird situation there, but they got past that. A snowy day in, in Oakland, a very good Oakland team, by the way. Went to the Super Bowl the next year with John Gruden, his coach, only to lose to... Well, John Gruden, not as coach, excuse me, with John Gruden beating Oakland on the other side, pardon me. That's stupid. I mean, Gruden was the one that lost to Brady uh, in that playoff series. They get past Pittsburgh easily, getting interceptions versus a very mediocre uh, quarterback named Cordell Stewart. Uh, with Drew Bledsoe at quarterback, as Brady hurt his ankle early in that game, which is kind of funny. It's ironic how that all worked out. Total team effort. Drew Bledsoe helped lead the Patriots back to his second Super Bowl, and Brady returned versus a Goliath like Rams team and they won it and the rest was history after that regardless of how you feel about that game regardless of how you feel about deflate gate this and that I still respect Tom Brady and what he accomplished I think uh, it was an amazing career and I'm, I'm gonna miss him very much very very much thank you Tom Brady for 22 seasons 
21 really as, pl as a player, like actually playing, but 22 overall seasons. Thank you, Tom Brady. It was uh, amazing. Thank you. Uh, if, if you actually retire, we'll see. Gerald String out of Nebraska says, hate to say it, but hate to say it, but we'll watching him, but we'll, we'll miss watching him is what you meant to say, I'm sure. I will too, very much. I'm going to miss him very much. Like, you got tired of seeing the Bulls win championships with Michael Jordan. But within like a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, it's like, oh, I miss his, I miss him so much. And that's what it was like with Michael. I miss him to death. I'm not even kidding, you know. God, that was fun. That was a damn good time, man. You know, you, you can never take those kind of guys for granted. You just can't. Um, Jim Harbaugh to interview for Minnesota Vikings head coaching job per report as of the uh, sports and Yahoo was in that. I thought it was Star Tribune. Mark Carlson says, now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> Leland says, OMG, this could change everything. Gerald String says, this would be awesome. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand says, wonder if he could get Andrew Luck to come out of retirement. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And a little more. There's the championship Sunday. A few comments here. Not not as many as the last. Last week was pretty, pretty, pretty busy because there was so much on there. And that was basically like Cincinnati defense is awesome. They could actually win the Super Bowl. And I was posting San Francisco and Cincinnati. Need I say more? Blah, blah, blah. Just like on Twitter. Dave Vicky says, I'm all I'm all in on the Bengals. Not not into all the egos in L.A. Screw that Ramsey. Yeah, I, I don't like Ramsey at all. Yeah, he has become a total a-hole. So he's another guy that, yeah, like I remember he was getting all up in Justin Jefferson's face and stuff. Or no, K.J. Osborne. Jefferson's a little on the cocky side now, but he's so good, that's kind of why. Yeah, he's a little on the cocky side. I kind of got rubbed wrong a little bit by him. A little on the cocky side at times, but uh, not certainly not as bad as Ramsey. Just too much attitude. That guy's just looking for a fight every 10 seconds. I don't remember him being like that. I, I, I just don't, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Gerald Ring says Bengals shock the world and knock off the Chiefs. Why not? After all these years, Matt Stafford finally takes uh, makes a Super Bowl. Well, you're undefeated there, Gerald. You got both of them. Yep. And I hope the Bengals shock the world one more time. We'll see if they can. Leland says, agreed. Bengals all the way. I like Stafford, and most most of the other Ram players rub me wrong. Amen, Leland. They do. I, I don't I don't like Beckham at all. Ugh. I think he's all about himself and attention. And I think Ramsey's an ass. I think he's an ass. Uh, Donald is a damn good player, but there's a, there's a lot of attitude there, and I don't like that either. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan either. Uh, Gerald Spring says, wait to hang in there. Bengals and shock the world. Yes, sir, Gerald. Yes, sir. And that's it. Fan interaction is complete. As for the the stars, I, 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 Joe Burrow. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the stars, the gold star for this episode. It's really, really hard. I think I'm going to go with Dave Hickey. Dave Hickey's going to bring in the uh, the gold. Gerald String. Oh, my God. He has a call-in. I better get to that first. I forgot about the call-in. Oh, boy, Gerald. <laughs> I apologize. I'll get to that in a second. So Gerald's going to share the gold with the call-in and uh, Dave Hickey. i got to do the call-in. I'm an idiot. So we'll hear from that in a second. Oh, good thing my wife's not in here right now. She'd be getting really mad at me. <laughs> Silver Stars. Silver Star to Leland. Bronze Star to Mark Carlson. Thank you, guy. And uh, Mark Carlson. Leland and Mark Carlson will get bronze. Sebastian today. Mad Martin, I'll bring in the bronze. Okay, so with that, we'll get to Gerald Strings call in right now. 
Hey, Joey, Joe, Lennon, Nebraska, calling in for Purple Mafia this week. Um, talking about general managers and uh, head coach opportunities. Um, I'm feeling a little better, finally, with uh, Kwesi Mensa uh, at first. I even made some comments on your website. I think it felt like we were getting the second uh, choice. Um, however, it's not really, it's really hard to, to dig into that and read into that, but everything I'm starting to see and read and listen to is, I'm not so sure that wasn't their first choice and they weren't worried about bringing Pauls in and I've been watching his interviews. Um, I think he looks like a sharp dude. Um, uh, the main thing is, um, didn't, we're starting to hear and see how bad the relationship was with, um, Zimmer and, Spielman down the stretch and it was we kind of all thought it but we didn't realize to what degree and I think I think it started with Spielman bringing cousins in Zimmer not being on board and it just uh it just kept spiraling downhill and man I'm glad they have the courage to move on um it just feels good it feels a lot better now uh that like I said like I've been watching some of his interviews Kwesi Mensa uh I think he'll do um, I think he'll have some good opportunities. And then I, and then talking about his head coaching uh, candidates, I love him. Jim Harbaugh, that was always my number one. But um, if you want to go younger, that might be old school. Um, Kevin O'Connell and DeMarco Ryan, they're down to those three. Man, you can't go wrong with any one of those three. Wish you could hire all three of them. I don't have any. The only thing I'd say is Kevin O'Connell uh, was a backup quarterback. Um, so it'd be so similar, like a Doug Peterson, let's, um, maybe that would be good for cousins. Um, good for our offense, DeMarco Ryan's, uh, do we want to bring another defensive minded guy in here? I don't think the problem was that Zimmer was a defensive minded guy. I think it was cause he was a rock headed guy. I mean, they were stubborn and, um, just like we've been talking, the, the, the relationship is just going to crap probably more than we ever realized. So this could be a cool deal. I mean, we got some good, good players coming back. Um, uh, the, oh, John Lynch, um, from the 49ers, he thinks the world is quasi Mensa. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. I feel a lot better about it than the day it was announced. And, uh, and then I made those comments on purple mafia. So we'll see. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. So Skull Purple Mafia Nation. Um, let's see. Hope when, when this airs, I'm going to go with, uh, Bengals to shock the world and upset the Chiefs. Rams win easily at home. And we'll see what happens from there. Talk to y'all later. See ya. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much, Gerald, for that call. Always appreciate it. And that was awesome. Um, how dare you doubt the San Francisco 49ers? That's terrible. You're you're not a football fan. How dare you doubt them? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, with Garoppolo at quarterback, huh? <laughs> I suppose. I knew if it was a rematch with San Francisco and Kansas City, I knew what would happen there. It would have been the same garbage. It would have been a worse version. Obviously, San Francisco should have won against the Chiefs. Like, San Francisco should have at least one Super Bowl. And, yeah, at least one Super Bowl and the Chiefs should have zero. Just think about that. Because Patrick Mahomes was kind of choking away that game, too, until the last minute. You're like That's the funny part. Mahomes, and all this talk about Brady, I, I wanted to talk about this earlier. Now I've kind of brought it back going in my head here. All this talk about Mahomes is going to be be better than Brady and this and that. No, we'll see. He's not going to be better than Brady. 
he's not going to be better than Brady. He's not. It's that's over. That conversation is over. Does that mean he's does it mean there's no chance he's going to be one of the greatest of all time, a top 5, top 2 quarterback of all time? Of course he could be, but I don't think he's going to catch Brady. I'm going to leave it right there. I don't think he's going to catch Brady. Uh, so, yep, that kind of got that memory, back, uh, that conversation going again a little bit for some reason with San Francisco. Yeah, uh, that defense can mess people up, but unfortunately, Garoppolo just can't get it done. Just like he didn't get it done last time where he had golden opportunities to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and win a Super Bowl. And in this case, uh, you know, he, had, he just couldn't get anything going. And it's a miracle they got past Green Bay thanks for the uh, special teams. Obviously, the, the defense did a hell of a job. With the offense, you know, with Garoppolo quarterback, can't get it done. San Francisco, it's too bad, you know, and obviously the uh, the young guy is just not ready to go, I don't think. Um, Mr. Lance there. Um, so, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with Trey Lance. I, I don't know if he's the right guy or not, honestly. Uh, yep, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. It's really nice to be starting over with a new group, uh, new group, new attitude, a new vibe. And, yeah, I mean, all the coaching candidates do sound interesting. You just never know. It could be somebody like, who the hell is that? Or oh, Bill Belichick coaching the Patriots from the Jets. What a joke. Bill Belichick never did anything. And then Bill Belichick, that's what like Dubay and all them were saying uh, many years ago when Belichick first got there. And then he wins, you know, six Super Bowls there. It's absolutely crazy. So things can happen. Maybe we'll get a coach that can win multiple Super Bowls in Minnesota. And at least getting that first one will be the most emotional of all for everyone. Absolutely. Uh, with that said, Thank you so much for the call-in. I greatly appreciate it. Encourage others to call in as well. And Gerald, keep doing it. Really, really appreciate that. And others that haven't done it yet, or maybe you forgot how, or it's a different mode than before. Before, I used to call a number. Brent Jacobs had never called again since then, which is too bad. I'd love to hear from Brent again. You know, it's, it's, it's very easy to do. Just use the free voice recording application on any device on the planet. Open it. Press record. Talk right into it. Uh, then save it or share it. You, you don't even have to save it, but share it. To pal- share it slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com paladinolive at yahoo.com I would then convert it into an mp3 file thanks to zumzar.com which I just did on the fly here because I, I had the file but I hadn't converted it yet it took about a couple seconds there um, so very happy to be able to get that done on the fly as I'm recording the show <laughs> thank you zumzar always great great website when you need to convert files highly recommended um, highly recommended uh, with that said please write a positive rating on Apple Podcasts Stitcher or uh, Stitcher or Audible. Really appreciate those of you that have in the past. Please, uh, any of you that haven't yet and you're, you're able to do so, it would really help the show. Uh, with that said, thank you. Have a wonderful week or two, and we'll talk about the head coach, looks like, next time around.